0: This is the Spurs Spurs Cast with with your your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Cast. On today's episode, I will be going solo once again. In this episode, I'll be discussing the rumor of the Spurs being interested in Chris Paul. And I'll answer more questions sent in from fans via social media. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. Spurs Cast episode 700. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode here. All right. So the first, uh, it, this wasn't really on the topic. This is not a question that that fans sent in, but more it was more so something that I wanted to to address just because it's been reported on uh, recently, um, you know, via via social media due, through different outlets. So let's talk about Chris Paul and the Spurs' interest in him. First, let's let's first explain how did the Spurs make their name into the story? How, how are they how are they involved in the story? So let's go back to June seventh, and I do want to note that I am recording this five days since this happened. Uh, I'm recording this on June twelfth. So this goes let's go back to June 7th. It's like middle of the afternoon Chris Haynes of Bleacher Report and and, uh, and TNT uh, he reports that the Suns have notified Chris Paul that he's going to be waived. Now now Haynes didn't say immediately when Paul would be waived. We know that he has a a uh, partially guaranteed contract that if he's not waived by June 28th in about 2 weeks from now, then he he will get his full salary for next season. So if he's waived before June 28th and next season in uh, 23 he's he's only owed 15.8 million dollars from the Suns if he gets waived after that date or they keep him on the roster for next season, then he's going to make $30.8 million. So basically, um, you know, half that money right there. So that's what Haynes, that's what Haynes first wrote. Then about two hours later, Woj and Shams come out on social media on Twitter and they both say that they're basically very similar things to what Haynes said, where they said that the Suns are exploring options with Chris Paul and there's multiple options they're looking at. They're looking to either trade him, try to find a trade for him, maybe waiving him and then re-signing him, uh, What's been reported is that he would that they would only want to resign him for the veteran minimum. It looks like he would not want to take that if that is the case, or waiving and stretching his contract out. Now, if they do that, according to Bobby Marks, and also the CBA says this, is that if you if you if you stretch a player's contract, you're not allowed to resign him. So he wouldn't be able to resign with the Suns in this case, uh, if he is waived and um stretched. So again, uh basically it looks like the most likely the route is that they're going to end up um, ending this 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 relationship with chris paul the Suns are they're going to most likely try to find a trade it looks like before the 28th of june if they can't do that then it looks like they're going to end up just um just waving him and they would probably stretch him just because it opens up not more they don't have any cap space because they're over the they're over the cap but it would it would open up the uh the mid-level exceptions if basically if they if they wave him uh, just flat out and don't stretch his contract out well then they could they could have access to the, the tax mid-level which is which is a little bit less than what's going to be called the, the full med level they have more access to that if they're able to stretch out his contract so it, all in all it looks like he won't um, most likely the signs point that he's not going to be a son next year just based on what, what we've seen now, how did the Spurs play into this? Uh, two days later, after all of this happened, uh, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer wrote an article, and in that article, he talked about, uh, you know, just some landing places for Chris Paul and what he's heard sources are whispering, according to his words, that the Clippers, Lakers, and Spurs are teams that could be possible destinations for Chris Paul. So that's how the Spurs' his name ends up getting in there. I do uh, trust O'Connor's reporting, so he's he's a a he's a... He's a, he's a a, a writer from an outlet that that's very reputable here. So, um, you know, we we went along and, and definitely you know explored this because you know again he 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 definitely uh, uh has his has his ears and in in uh, rumors and trades trade talk and things like that. So that's where the Spurs' interest comes in. So now that. I know the Spurs, are, you know, might be involved here, where they might have some interest in Chris Paul. I needed to figure out on my end, you know, just doing some research. How can the Spurs, uh, uh, you know, acquire Chris Paul? Do they want to try to trade for him if they do want him? Do they want to try to sign him after he gets away from the Suns? You know, what are the different routes? So that's what I wanted to look at, and so that's where I went, and did my research, and did some, um, s- some, some research and figured out, you know, how can the Spurs best get Chris Paul if they did want him? So. There's basically two routes for the Spurs to get Chris Paul. If let's just say, again, I'm not saying that they, that they want him, that they want to try to you know go after him. But again, I'm just using o- O'Connor's reporting here that the Spurs are a team that you know has some interest in him. So let's just say, again, their target was to go and get Chris Paul now that he's most likely not going to be on the Suns. What are the two routes they could do? The first route, it gives them more, more control here. And this is uh, where they could try to trade for him. So a trade would likely have to be done in the 2022 timeline. What that means is that up until June 30th, we're still operating in the current season, the season where, the, where, the, where the, uh, the Nuggets and the Heat are in the finals, the season where the Spurs only won 22 games. Okay, we're still in that actual season. That, that season does not um, end on the calendar date until July 1st. That's when the 23 season begins, and that's when Chris Paul's contract starts at you know, $30.8 million, or if he's waived before, then $15.8 million. So again, if the Spurs can execute a trade in the 22 tr- tr- timeline, then they would have to figure out a deal. Where they're acquiring his current salary for this season, which was 28.4 million, that's what he made in the 2022 season. Now, the Spurs have a lot of; they, they still have some flexibility here to make a trade just because of where they ended the season. They had they had a 22.8 million; they had about 22 million dollars in cap space this uh, this current season still open that they hadn't used. So they could try to, to try to work a trade with the Suns if they really wanted Chris Paul before this calendar date ends, and that would be pretty easy to do if you just um, add one or two. Uh, one of one of either of these players, you could you could put a player like Devonte Graham into the deal, and again he's he has a guaranteed salary this coming season, but the next se- season um, it's partially guaranteed. Again, he gives the Suns some depth at point guard. He also uh, you know even if they did want to waive him, his salary is still less than that fifteen point eight million that they would be on the books for with Chris Paul. Or they could even play a player who we didn't see in the Spurs uniform this past season, Kim Burch, uh, in a trade. Um, and, and again, maybe the Spurs because they're giving in, in these both these scenarios, they're giving the Suns more cap relief. Uh, then, then Paul's a uh, $15.8 million uh, cap hit. So maybe the Spurs are asking for some some assets. Maybe they ask for like a second round pick or something like that, you know, because they're they're actually helping the, the Suns out, it looks like, in, in this type of a deal. And so if the Suns do that, well, then, yes, they get Birch and his, his salary is only $6.7 million this coming season. So that's way less than the 15800000 million they're off the hook for now with Paul. Now, here's the thing, though. If the Spurs do swing a trade before the 22 uh, timeline ends, then they are, they are most likely, obviously they're doing this to try to keep Chris Paul. So they're going to be on the hook for his salary next year at 30.8 million. So again, they, they would, um, you know, they would have him on the roster so that, that June 28th date would pass. He'd be a spur next season. And then of course, you know, his salary wouldn't be 15.8. It would be 30.8. And that's where the, 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 um, the organization has to figure out what they want. That you know, they're going to have cap space next next year, but that would eat up a huge chunk of it if if uh, Paul's on the books for thirty point eight. So again, if they want to swing a trade, it's definitely possible. That that's the route to getting to a trade. The next option is more, more so out of the Spurs' control. Again, this is the scenario where they do want Chris Paul. They want to aggressively pursue him. Uh, this is, let's let, let, this is where they say, okay, let's let the Suns wave Chris Paul. So the, the Suns can't find a trade with any other team. So June 28th comes, they waive Chris Paul. So now he's going to, um you know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and he's going to have a, a cap hit on the Suns books next year for $15.8 million. Now, if this happens and the Spurs again want him, then they're competing with other teams. They're competing with contenders like the Clippers, the Lakers. Uh, you know, the Spurs are going to be, a, uh, you know, they're, they're projected to be a be a better team next year with, of course, with the addition of Victor Wimbenyama, but they're not quite going to be that contender just yet in year one, especially with just the addition of Chris Paul. So here is where the Spurs' cap space comes into play, where they can still offer anywhere from 24 to 43 million is what they're going to have in cap space. So they can actually outbid the Lakers, the Clippers, and any other contenders that come after Chris Paul in free agency by saying you know we know that you're not we're not probably the finals contender but you know here here's here's where you can at least make more money this is a situation of siding well, with San Antonio and of course if the Spurs want him if they're they're really aggressively pursuing him it's because they want him for his mentorship for the younger players uh, to show B- Victor Wimbanyama how to how to work uh, in the NBA pick and roll um, also help out the young guards the wings let them still continue to do a lot of what they do and in, in, in their development process so again these are the two scenarios. Where if the Spurs want Chris Paul, if they really, really want him. This is this is these are the two routes they would they would likely have to go through: either try to trade for him before the 22 timeline ends by June 30th, or uh, try to basically outbid um, for him in in the in free agency when he's an unrestricted free agent when he's going to have other teams calling that that are contenders, but they don't have as much cap space. Actually, they don't have any cap space. A lot of those championship contenders only have the mid level exceptions and things like that. Tax mid level exceptions, which is like six to like. 10 million and so again santona can outbid them money wise but they may not be able to put a championship type team on on the roster in year one now uh just i'm, I'm not going to say that this isn't possible but according to the research that i did i do not find a way where the spurs can claim him off waivers so what this means is that let's just say that the that the spurs can't find a trade for paul and the Suns don't want to trade him to, to a team and so they end up waiving him by june 28th then a team is allowed to claim him off off waivers. But in order to do that, you have to have the full amount of, of salary for his contract. So like I said, the Spurs are finishing this current year 2022 uh, with $22.1 million in cap space, but they would need 28.4 million if they're gonna claim Chris Paul off waivers. And so I, I can't see them doing that. They can't they can't make up that's you know basically that six million dollar difference. So that's why according to again I'm not saying that's hundred percent true. It's what I've researched. What I what I've come to the conclusion. I've asked some people about this and I can't find any other any other um, points that say that the Spurs are allowed to claim him off waivers if he does get waived by the Suns. Again that's just according to my research. Maybe somebody else uh, puts something else out there. But again that's from, from what I've done the digging into this. I can't find a scenario where the Spurs are allowed to claim him off waivers. So that that does not look possible uh, for the Spurs. So now let's just talk about who is Chris. Paul at age 38 so we know that he just uh, you know he just I think it was like in May his birthday or March I, when I was looking at the basketball reference anyway so he is 38 for this coming season um who is he he's, he's a six-foot point guard um he, he's a, he, we saw that he's kind of on the, on the declining part of his career now uh, he averaged 13.9 points uh, per game this, this past season which was a career low for him uh still collected 4.3 rebounds 8.9 assists one and a half steals uh, he played in 59 games, which is pretty low for him. He usually plays a lot more, uh, 32 minutes a night. And of course, we know that he we didn't really see him in the playoffs when the Suns got eliminated by the Nuggets because he was hurt for most of that playoff run. So we do see that uh, you know age and injury are starting to catch up to him. Um, you know, how was his shooting this year? We saw that that was also declined for him. He's normally like a 51% shooter on twos. Uh, we know that his mid-range jumper can usually be uh, you know a lethal weapon for him, but this year it qu- quite wasn't. Uh, so he shot 48% on twos, 38% on um, 4.4 three-point attempts. Uh, and then 83 percent from the free throw line, and so I, I, you know, O'Connor wrote in his article, the one about the original one that got the Spurs name in there, that he thought that the Spurs could be a playoff team with the addition of Chris Paul, and of course he'll be a great uh, mentor for the young players. I agree with a lot of what he said there, uh, as far as where he, where I think that they would definitely be able to, to fight for the playoffs with a player like Chris Paul, and, and then um the addition of Victor Wembanyama, and then if everyone else is healthy, Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Kelvin Johnson, so I think they they would fight for a playoff seat out west just because if it's it's so like this current season where the seeds were so close um, together, I could see them definitely like in that six to like playing range somewhere in that in that area. I don't see them be a the top four team with Chris Paul, but I could definitely see them playing somewhere in that like six to, to 11 or whatever that is 12 range or whatever the plan in the playing range. I already forgot. Uh, 10, 10, I think. Yeah, six to like 10 range. So um, I think that's the kind of team they would be um you know again because they're not quite going for the title next year i, I don't think i don't i don't think that it, you know financially yes it's going to restrict him a little bit having him on the books for 30.8 million but i think it's a good season to have a veteran player who's been in the league for multiple years seeing all sorts of defenses to teach those young guys um to 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 like again work out the pick and roll show Victor Wembanyama where he should be in certain spots on pick and rolls on pick and pops uh, how to get mismatches uh and then also because like i said he because he's more so in some declining part of his scoring part of his game i think he can still give the ball over to um to Devin Vassell, to Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, let them do some things offensively, like like we saw with, with the Suns did with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I think he's he'll, he'll be a good quarterback for the team to kind of put them in their place and give everyone a, a chance to to basically try to attack the defense. So again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a horrible idea. Again, I, I think that uh, you know, if that's what you're, if that's what the Spurs really wanted to do, if that's what their their goal was to try to get Chris Paul now that his now that he's most likely going to get waived or traded, I think you know that that wouldn't be a but a bad option for San Antonio. So again, that's kind of the latest on the Chris Paul rumor. Uh, I did not want to address, it and I has been a few days since I recorded Spurs Cast, but that's kind of where everything sits. And my goal mo- mostly. Was, and not to say if I'm for or against this move, it's more so to figure out how do the Spurs get him. And again, I think those are the two most likely options. One, they try to trade for him in this current timeline of 2022. Or two, they try to sign him and outbid for him uh, against a lot of contenders if he if he becomes a free agent, which that looks more difficult. All right, so now let's get back to um, our social media questions. So I, as uh, I th- thank you all for those of you that sending questions uh, via Twitter. And then also, I, I apologize. I, didn't, I, I know that a lot of people watch these, these videos now on YouTube. So um, I'm also going to start looking at some questions from the YouTube audience. Um, just go to our Project Spurs Network. That's where these videos will run. And so I, I'm going to basically be taking a, a question from Twitter each week um, or each episode and then a question from, from, from the other social media like, like YouTube. And so the first question we're going to address is from Twitter. Twitter and the main uh, premises of this question is who benefits most from Wemby joining the team. So let's get to the question. This comes from Twitter user at Matt M Garcia. They ask who on the current Spurs roster stands to benefit the most from Wemby's arrival. So who's going to benefit the most? So what I did on this question was I started writing all the current players on the Spurs roster coming back for next season. So we expect Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, um, Devonte Graham, Zach Collins, etc. I'm not going to go through the whole list. Then I try to narrow it down to who's going to most likely be a starter and play a lot of minutes alongside Wembenyama. And these were the players that came to to my conclusion. Kelton Johnson, uh, Zach Collins, if he's starting, um, Devin Vassell, Jeremy Sohan, and Malachi Branham. I don't know if he'll be starting, but I think he's going to still continue to get a lot of minutes. So then uh, I went a step further and said, you know, who's going to, you know, not only just be on the floor with Wembenyama, but who's gonna? You know, I I think my brain was more offensive focused here, and I just felt like who's gonna have um a lot more responsibility or a lot more um creative action when when, when, when has the ball in his hands, or when that player has the ball in his hands and he can kind of build a rapport with Wembenyama and, and create a, a two man attack. And that player for me, my answer, Matt, was Devin Vassell. Okay, so here's here's my my few reasons why. After after kind of going through this and doing and just kind of uh, figuring it out, analyzing this. Uh, for one, let's just say that um Yama has the ball in his hands. I think that this is gonna be a great opportunity when Wemby's attacking the defense for for spacing for Vassell. He'll start getting more open looks. We know that he can be a good stand um knock knockdown shooter when he's when he's open on the spot up um Wide open shots. We know that he didn't get a lot of those last year. Um, when you look at the, the wide open threes data, uh, so I think that just just the fact that Wemby's going to draw a lot of attention from the defense and he's going to kick out the shooters. I think that that uh, Vassell is one of those players when we talk about a lot of the starters from this past year's team who's already a good shooter who's just going to continue to you know be a, be a, a really good player from there. Uh, if he gets those opportunities that Wemby opens up for him, because we know that, you know, Kelden's uh, three point shot was almost like a roller coaster last year. We know Jeremy Sohan, that's a part of his game. He's developing, but it's not there yet. Um, you know, Branham could also be, um, you know, be impacted here. He was showing some, some good signs shooting the open threes. Now, when Vassell's attacking, I also think that's going to be good for Wemby as well, where, where they're going to work together because he now can kick out to Wemby, who can shoot for three, or if Wemby's rolling toward the rim, he can, you know, he can throw past him for the alley oop or they can try to basically figure out some, some switches. Like if, if Vassell's attacking and, and uh, he might have a mismatch, he can attack that player. If he sees that, you know, he, he, he drew a, a different defender on him and Wemby has a mismatch then he can throw it to, to Wemby and then he can attack the defense that way. So like then, again, I think that just that two man, uh, when, when Vassell has the, the uh, ball in his hands, he's, a, he's able to kick out to different outlets. And, and Wemby's definitely one of those outlets he can, he can throw to from either outside or inside. Uh, and Wemby has different ways that he can finish. And then lastly, I think that it would just be a really good opportunity for both Vassell and Wemby to develop that, that pick-and-roll chemistry early on in year one together. Uh, again, because we're, we're anticipating that Vassell is going to get some sort of contract extension this coming offseason, and so he's going to probably be on the Spurs' books for the next five years uh, alongside Wemby. So this is a great opportunity in year one for them to, to start bigger, building their pick-and-roll game. Uh, we saw Vassell in those few games that he was healthy um, start to show some signs there where he was able to operate in the pick-and-roll, especially when defenses went under. He could shoot the, um, the pull-up three. He could shoot that pull up mid-ranger so that's still going to be in play of course because I think now he's going to have even more more room because defenses when, when they do that pick and roll uh they're going to be scared to you know leave Wemby alone so they're going to switch off on him I think you're going to see a lot more situations where two players go toward him and so I think that leaves those those pull-up threes open for for Vassell I think that leaves those mid-range pull-ups open for Vassell or he can even drive to the basket uh and of course if Wemby rolls, well then hey, Vassel can throw him an alley pass. He can try to get him a mismatch with the smaller player, gives it to him around the around the um, the nail, lets him go to go one on one. Or if Wemby uh, Wembinama pick and pops, well then there is a great option there from three. He can either pass out, Vassel can pass out to him, he can shoot a wide open three, or he can, you know, get the defense off their feet and then and then roll to the basket. I mean drive to the basket with the ball in his hands and try to create some action there. Um, so I just think that there's a lot more variety now and and it will be just a good opportunity for Vassell and Wemby to start building that pick and roll chemistry because they're going to most likely be together on the same team together for the next five years. And so I think that I think Vassell again, I, I was looking at this more so from an offensive standpoint. I think Vassell is the player who is going to benefit from having Wemby. If If this question was more so about like defensively, who's going to have the biggest impact? I think that, uh, Sohan might, might be a good candidate here. I think that having that, that, um, almost like that security blanket of having women near the rim who can just attack, c- come by and help with the weak side defense that gives Sohan more, more, opportunity, not just to guard some, some of the other team's best players, but also be able to, um, you know, almost be like a, like a free safety in football, being able to kind of just wreak havoc and get a passing lanes, kind of taking a few more gambles, uh, you know, especially with, with his size and his versatility. And so I think that, that defensively, I think Wemby's Yama's um, addition to the team could help out. Sohan. so those are my answers. If it's an offense, it's, it's Devin Vassell. If it's on defense, I think it's going to be um so hen. But either way, I think the whole team's gonna definitely benefit from having Women on the team. Thank you for that question, Matt. All right, our next question does come from YouTube. And it, uh, I'll just I'll just get to the question first because I know the headline says, Can the Spurs try to trade for Halliburton? That's Tyrese Halliburton of the um, of the Indiana Pacers. So this question came from YouTube. It came from from user um sent de los Santos. They ask, what do you think of, of Halliburton? Tyrese Halliburton from the Pacers. Can the Spurs trade for him? I think he will fit well with the Spurs plus trading frame will not cost as much assets. And he also fits well with the Spurs timeline. <laughs> Unfortunately, you sent Delos Santos. Um, you know, I, I got, I got eager when I saw Halliburton's name. I was like, oh, okay, this could be an interesting question. You know, you know, where does this go? And then I start looking at his contract numbers. And then I see the the bad thing, which is the situation where Vassells in, which is that he's going to be extension eligible to the season. So, I don't think we even get to this question. I think that you know the the, op- the Pacers will have the opportunity starting July first until October of the first, um, the day before the f- first game of the regular season, the Pacers will have the opportunity to sign him to an extension, just like the Spurs are going to have that same opportunity to sign to the Celtics to an extension, and so that's why I think this question becomes mute. I don't think we need to address it just because um, you know Halliburton is extension eligible. We know he just made his first All Star team at age 23. He's an up and coming player for the Pacers. He's basically their franchise player at this point uh, for this young team. And so he's going to be able to sign a a rare extension, according to Bobby Marks, if it comes through. Um, it's going to be what's called the rookie veteran extension with the Pacers, which is for five years, $204 million. So, again, I, I just I don't know if it's going to be that full amount, but it, I just think that, yeah, the Pacers are not going to let him go. They're going to they're going to try to get him signed this coming offseason. So I think that, again, this this question doesn't come into play. I don't think this person have the opportunity to try to trade for him just because I don't think he'll be a, a um a on a short-term deal and any longer I think that he will uh end up signing some, some signing some sort of extension with the Pacers and so he'll be a pacer for the next 5 years. Now maybe in the future if the Spurs have interest in him and things aren't going well for Indiana then yeah maybe they can try to figure out a trade. Let's just say that the the wildest um most crazy situation happens and the, and the Pacers don't agree with Halliburton on an extension. So what does this contract look like? So this coming season he's going to make 5.8 million and the next season he'll be a restricted free agent for 17.4 million. So Again, if if things went totally wrong and the negotiations fell apart, and then he he's you know he says he wants to go into restricted free agency, well then yeah, the Patriots might might need to look at trying to trade him. And then if that's the case, I think the Indiana is asking for a lot from San Antonio uh, to try to trade for Halliburton because again, Halliburton's only twenty three, he's already an All Star, and so are they you know are are they. Um, Asking for one of the Spurs' young and -and up-and-coming players, are they going to ask for Sohan? Are they going to ask for Malachi Branham? You know, what what kind of uh, first-round future first-round pick are they asking for? I think those questions come into the conversation, but again, I don't think we even get there just because I think that everything's going well for Indiana and in the young team that they're building and how Halliburton is, is the, is the, the face of that franchise right now. So I think they're going to come together on some sort of agreement for that five years, um, $204 million extension, but thank you again for sending in that question. So those are just, uh, three, three of the topics I wanted to address today in the, on this episode. So again, we, um, we, 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 we um, we made our way to the Chris Paul rumor. We addressed one question from Twitter and then we, we addressed another question from YouTube. And again, I, I will continue to address some of those questions you all sent in, uh, in future episodes. And when we'll get, we'll, we'll, continue to see, uh, where the Spurs, name comes into the news or that there are more rumors about players they are interested in. I know that a player who we just, we discussed here on the Spurs cast, Fred Van Lee, Van Vliet on Monday that I'm recording this episode. Um, he, he, um, the rumor came out that he's going to decline his player option, which we expected with the Toronto Raptors, and he will now become an unrestricted free agent. Well, I'm not saying that the Spurs have interest in him, but he's a player to look out for if the Spurs did want to pursue uh, a point guard like Lee. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Spurs cast. Uh, thank you. Thanks to everyone who sent sending questions either by Twitter or YouTube. I'll continue to answer questions in the upcoming episodes. I also want to say thank you to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of this Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.